come on out yet. That's not convincing. You've got to say it with attitude. I found my secret place in God. And the enemy cannot come and touch me. Come on, look at someone else. Says, I found a secret place. All right, let's pray. Come on, lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would release the gift of faith in this place today. For Father, we've come into this place not to hear from a man, not to be entertained, but we've come into the house of God to worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are anticipating a move of your spirit in our lives. Transform us into a greater dimension of what you have set for us. Now, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will anoint these lips of clay and cause me to speak as an oracle of the Lord. Holy Spirit, I decrease and God increase yourself. We thank you right now in the wonderful, mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for the secret place. Now, how many want God to do a miracle and do something in your life today? So for the next 30 seconds, let's worship him as if it's already done. Come on, begin to thank him that it's already done. Come on, open your mouth. Just begin to thank him that your miracle is already done. You're already blessed. You've already blessed. It's already done. Come on. Come on, 10 more seconds. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, I can't hear you. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, put your hands together. Give the Lord some praise while you're being seated. How many want to find this secret place in God? Hallelujah. You may be seated. You can turn the music down, son. Many of us in this nation, turn it down some more, son. Many of us in this nation and around the world have been gripped and paralyzed by fear. This pandemic that has come in the world has people afraid of even talking to each other. Please hold on for a moment. Not only this nation, but around the world has been gripped by fear. But my question is this. Have they forgot about the power of God? Have God abandoned us? Have God forsaken us? It really bothers me to hear men and women of God of faith all of a sudden develop this sort of amnesia if God has ran out of power or God cannot work miracles or God cannot deliver or God cannot set free and God cannot protect. God in the middle of all this. Everybody say, but there's a group. A group that has said, regardless of what I see in the natural dimension, I have a word from God. I'm trusting in God. I'm believing in God. I'm encountering his love and his mercy. And I know that God will not fail me. 
If that's you, lift your hands and give God some praise like you really mean it. Even though we war in the spirit, people of God, I want to share with you that there are places where the enemy cannot follow you. There's wars, we have conflicts, but God has preserved a place in him where the enemy cannot touch you. Everybody says the secret place. Now, a secret place is a place where you might share it with your best friend or someone that you love. It's a secret. It's not a place that is exposed to everyone. When you have a secret place, you will only carry those people that you're in close relationship with because it's a secret. Like the deacon over here have a secret fishing hole that he won't take nobody to, that only he catch fish. But a secret place is a place that you share, that you love. A place that you go where you find rest. It's a place that you get away from all the noise and just a place where it becomes an intimate place with just you. And sometimes you might want to share this place with someone. Are you with me? It's a place of invitation only. If you're not invited, you can't come. Because I only know the directions how to get there. You can only come by invitation if you're not invited. You're an intruder. So this secret place is a place that can only, you can only come when you are invited. Everybody say, God's secret place. It's a place in the spirit that is made manifest in the natural that you can go to. One of the places I found that's a secret place is your prayer closet. You can fight outside of the closet, but the moment you come into God's presence, the enemy won't follow you in your prayer closet. It's not because of you, it's because who's in there to meet you. It's God's glory in his presence. See, the devil cannot stand in the presence of God. So that becomes a place of you alone with God. Hidden place. Secret place. Somebody say, I'm under God's shadow. Now, shadow is a place of, everybody say, protection. Say, refuge. Say, revelation. Say, direction. So when God had brought the children of Israel out of bondage, remember they were enslaved for over 400 years. Then he brought them out. One of the first things that hovered over them was God's in a cloud. Because he had covenant with him and he had a secret with him. And this cloud would pre prevent the scorching heat from burning them. He overshadowed them with a cloud of glory. So when God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, that's real. And sometimes we go through warfare and we go through this and we go through that. And even sometimes the people around us give up. But you will not give up. Because your faith is not anchored in things of the world, but your faith is anchored in God who has never failed you yet. So not only did he give them a provided a cloud that the scorching heat wouldn't burn them, God said that was not enough. So I sent them a cloud by day but in the middle of the night in the desert, it gets cold. So I've got to come and send them a pillar of fire by night. 
so that my people are cool during the day. In the middle of the night in the desert, I don't want them to freeze. So I'm going to send them a pillar of fire to warm them. And even in the middle of the fire, it would illuminate so they can see what was going on around them. And even with this fire at night, the enemy could not come and attack because there was illumination because of the fire. God is not forsaken us. God is still with us. And God is getting ready to cause the real church to emerge. This is just a temporary moment for a greater weight of glory that's going to be revealed in you. I've learned that fear can be very contagious. Very contagious. That would almost be like a pilot on a plane. And if I'm seeing the pilot getting fearful, I'm getting really concerned. Because he's at the helm of this plane. He's supposed to always have it together. And even if he don't have it together, he better act like he got it together. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and give God some praise. There was a man in the Bible by the name of Jacob. He found a secret place. The secret place became a place of transformation. See, sometimes we're hidden in God while his working changes out internally when we're under the shadow. See, when we're under the shadow, people can't see you, they can't hear you, but God is working things out. Okay, thank you, Holy Ghost. It's almost like a caterpillar going through metamorphosis. They're covered. They're sealed. And the only thing you can see is a cocoon. But meanwhile, inside of that cocoon, they're going through a transformation where God is transforming them so that when they come out of that cocoon, they're not the same as they were before. They will exhibit greater glory, greater colors. They'll be able to fly and not crawl anymore. Many of us, people cannot hear you right now. People can't see you right now. Because God has you there in a secret place. While the world is still moving around, God has you in the middle of a cocoon, and he's taking you through this metamorphosis stage. Don't worry about people don't know your name or people can't see you, or people can't hear you, because you are under the shadow of the Almighty. You are in a place where God is just ministering to you alone. While you, before you went in there, God is doing something now that you're in there, and he's working out some internal parts in you. So when you come out, you will not come out the same, but you're going to be in another level of glory to fulfill your purpose. Hallelujah. Come on, tell somebody I'm in a secret place. In the book of Genesis chapter 32, when Jacob found this secret place, the Bible says he came to this place called Yabak or Jabak. It was a river. It became a fork in the road. Now, I don't, I'm not able to draw this, but if you can see and picture this place called Fort Yabak, it became a fork in the road. And there was two rivers that flowed from this fork. One of the rivers that flowed from this fork would pour into what we call the Dead Sea. 
And most of us know the Dead Sea over in the Middle East, nothing can live. The salt content of it is so serious that no living organism can live in the Dead Sea. But the other part of the river flowed into the Sea of Galilee. So then the place called Yabak became a fork in the road for every believer that you have two choices. Either you can choose death while you're not producing or you can choose life in the Sea of Galilee where God performed miracles, where God walked on top of the water, where God began to tell them you've cast your net into the left side. Now I want you to cast your net into the right side because this is your time and season for your harvest. This is the place where Peter was called out of the boat to begin to walk on water and operate by faith in God. So Jacob found himself at this place called Yabak. Bible says that the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. Jacob, the Bible says, was left alone. His wife, all of his possession, everything that Jacob had was gone. He was left alone. Nothing to comfort him. Nothing to support him but just a rock that he would use as a pillow. The Bible says that he began to wrestle with the angel of the Lord. And then finally, the angel of the Lord, seeing that I cannot prevail against him, he says, let me go, for day is about to break. You've been in this cocoon, and you've been wrestling, but now you're about to prevail. Are you with me? But the Bible says that the angel of the Lord touched Jacob's thigh. His thigh was moved out of joint. So one of the things that happened to Jacob, while he was going through this metamorphosis, God says, I'm going to change your walk. Now you're going to walk with a limp. And some people are going to know that you had an encounter with me. Not because you told them, because there's something uniquely different about you. You don't look the same. You don't talk the same. You don't walk the same. You've been through a metamorphosis, and now you've come out. Watch the internal part that was working. Watch this. Before that encounter, before that secret place, Jacob was a trickster, smuggler, manipulator, liar, cheater. Any title you can give him, he carried. So he had to go through this metamorphosis process. Because in that process, God says, no longer will your name be Jacob, trickster. But I'm changing your name to Israel. You once were a liar and a trickster. But because you have purpose and destiny, I've got to change your name. Because your name points towards your destiny. So you're going to become a soldier in my army. And you're going to become the lineage that Christ shall come through. So I have to change your name because I'm changing your destiny because you've been under my shadow. Watch this. Because of that encounter where he ran from Esau, he was able 
can deal with the very thing he ran from. When you're going through a metamorphosis, that's an internal working part of the Holy Spirit where he's working with you. Something else happened when he came out. He says, you have wrestled and you have prevailed. Now you're going to have favor with God and with man because you are able to handle it, deal with it. So Jacob's life was changed because he found a secret place in God. Come on, put your hands together. Give God some praise. Come on, give him some praise. The Bible says that Jacob changed the name of that place. After encounter with God, he said, this place should be called Peniel because I've seen God face to face. I've found the secret place. Because I found the secret place, my life has been transformed. Ladies and gentlemen, that is for every one of you in this place. God has a secret place for you and for him. And though the world may be laughing at us because we're trying to operate by faith, the best is yet to come. Because when you come out of this place, they will know that you had an encounter with God. Because you won't look the same. You won't talk the same. But you're coming out with power and a new level of glory. Somebody shout yes. Hallelujah. Bible tells us prophet Elijah found himself a secret place in the cave of Mount Horeb. God sometimes will use the enemy plans to perfect you. We don't want to hear about that. God will use the enemy's plans and strategies to perfect you. And, he, and the Bible says, and we know that things work together for the good to those who love God. So even though the enemy will give it his best shot, somehow or another, God has a way of turning the thing that the devil throws at you around to work in your favor. So ladies and gentlemen, when the enemy throws a curveball at you, when the enemy comes and attacks you, don't look at it head on. Look for the glory that's going to happen behind it. He will give you door number one. But when you look behind door number one, you see God says, I'm here. Guess what? I'm going to work this scene out for your good. Hallelujah. So Elijah found himself on Mount Horeb. Mount Horeb became a place of perfection, revelation, and elevation in the spirit because God elevated him, and I'm going to validate that. So this prophet was in this cave. God said, what, what are you doing here? says, I've been jealous for the Lord. So God says, come out. Come out of the cave. Stand up on the rock. So when he stood up on the rock, the Bible says that a strong wind came. The wind was so strong that it broke pieces of the mountains off. But the Bible says God was not in the wind. And then as he stood there was an earthquake 
But the Bible says God was not in the earthquake. And after the wind and the earthquake, then God sent a fire. But God was not in a fire. But what God was doing, because he was about to elevate Elijah to be carried up in a fiery chariot into God's presence. You're not catching this. We're just looking that he's running from Jezebel. But God, while he was in that cave, God was preparing him because he was getting ready to take him to another level of glory. And he also wanted him to, to lay hands and to put Elisha as a prophet in his stead. That was a setup for him to be blessed. So while Elijah was in that cave, he was going through a metamorphosis and God was preparing him to elevate him to another level. So God sent the wind. Whenever a wind of God comes to your life, it comes to blow out to change and the old season that you've been in. You can know when it's winter time and when fall because the wind will come and begin to blow the leaves off of the trees that the trees will become naked. So God sent a wind to blow out the old season in Elijah's life. But that was not enough. The Bible says that there was an earthquake. And sometimes God's got to shake up the follow ground around you. Sometimes things and people connect to us. And God said, this is not to go into your next season. So I've got to cause an earthquake and cause a disruption because you've been carrying a lot of baggage. And some of the people that you've been carrying has been baggage and been slowing you down. And some of the things you've been holding on to has been slowing you down. So I'm going to send an earthquake and shake all of these things off of you because I want you to be light when you go into your next season. There's a lot of shaking going on right now. And God is in the middle of it. But then after the shaking deacon, Bible says God sent a fire. God is a consuming fire. Whenever the fire of God comes, it doesn't come to destroy you. It comes to purify you. That you will stand as pure gold in the presence of your God. After the wind, my sister, after the earthquake, after the fire, there was a still, small voice. And after Elijah came out of that cave, went through the metamorphosis, he was ready to move to the next level. And he went and he anointed a new king of Israel. And he anointed a new king of Judah. And now his mantle can go to Elisha, untainted from his past. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and worship. Come on, lift your hands and worship. Hallelujah. last point you've all heard of David right little shepherd boy Bible tells us that David found himself a secret place see you read the story early in his life Samuel the prophet came and poured oil on him and told him you're going to become king 
but he had to go through a metamorphosis. He had to go to a go through a process before he was ready for the next level of that glory and purpose. See, we as people of God, thank you, Holy Ghost, we want to do quantum leaps, but we want to skip the process. We don't want to go through the process. See, one thing, God showed me something. He says, people get excited when people prophesy and prophetically declare and decree what I'm going to do in their life. They get excited about it because their focus is on the end result. God says, that is not what excites me. God says, I get excited of the process that I'm going to take them through to become. Sometimes this process hurts. Sometimes this process will cause you to stretch and to pull. And while you're in that cocoon and you're pushing and you're pulling, in that process your muscles are growing, you're becoming stronger. Your body is going through a change. So when you finally break through, you'll be able to let your wings rest in the sun. You'll begin to get strength so when it comes time for you to fly, nothing will stop you. So David tells us, the Bible tells us, David knew he was called to be king, but God had to take him through a process to prepare him. And that's why we see a lot of times people fail because they try to find ways to skip the process. Hallelujah. So the Bible tells us that David found himself in this place, this cave called Adullam. Everybody say Adullam. Because what happened, Saul was going to kill him. The anointing had lifted off of Saul and the anointing had rested on David. So he wanted to kill him. He wanted to kill him. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Religion has tried to kill us. We've had our Saul too. But guess what? We're still standing. We've been in a cave. We've been in a cave of Adullam and God has protected us. But now we're coming to a time well, God says, I'm calling you out of your cave. So that my glory can be seen on your life. Whenever you describe time in the Bible, there's two words to describe time. One is called chronos. And the other word is called kairos. Everybody say chronos. And everybody say kairos. So while David was in his cave, he was going through what I call a chronos time and season period. In other words, he knew that he was going to become king. So what he was doing was waiting. And whenever we are in a chronos state, that's a time of planning, preparation, adjustment, shifting, revelation, strength. You go through all these things in this chronos, but you're waiting. You're waiting. You know what's coming. You know what's coming. Let me give you a real good example. Let me give you another example. You guys heard about the pool of Bethesda, right? So a chronos moment, they knew that once a year that an angel would come down and trouble the water. So chronos, they put themselves in position and they would look, they would look. And the moment they would see a riffling of the water, the first one jumped in would get healed. So that stage was called chronos. I know God is going to move and I'm anticipating. So I'm going to watch and wait. Because I know that my time is coming. Now watch this. 
Now, when the angels would trouble the water, it shifted from chronos to from chronos to chronos. That means God's appointed time. So it's gonna come in a time while you're waiting for God. God says, now you've waited and now it's your time. It's now your Kairos moment in time that I've set aside for you. Watch this, follow with me. First Samuel chapter 22. Last scripture. First Samuel chapter 22. First Samuel chapter 22. I mean verses 1 and 2 and 5. If you're there, say amen. If you need more time, say wait. Y'all need more time, say wait. All right. Let's read. David therefore departed thence and escaped to a cave, Adullam. Everybody say Adullam. And when his brethren and his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. Verse 2. And everyone that was in distress, oh my God, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was disconnected, See, sometimes we go through a disconnect. The disconnecting didn't come from the enemy. God disconnected you. Because God says, I have another purpose, another place for you, so I have to disconnect you from your past. See, you can't hold on to the past and then walk into the future. So I have to disconnect you from some things and from some people. Watch. Gather themselves unto him, and he became the captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. Somebody say, I need to hear some good news. Now drop down to verse 5. Watch this. And the prophet Gad said unto David, Abide not in the hold. Depart, get thee out of the land of Judah, and David departed and came to the forest of Horeth. It says, let me go back. And get thee into the land of Judah. And get to the land of Judah. Come out of the cave. Your metamorphosis is over. Now it's time for you to come into a place called Judah. Now it's time for you to come to a place called praise. You've been in the cave long enough. Now it's time for you to fulfill what God has called you to do. So the first thing should come out of your mouth is praise. Because you're coming out of the cave. Come on, everybody stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your sons and daughters. For Lord God, we have been in this place of a cave and we have been in a secret place. But Father, you have this awesome way of saving the best wine for last. And as your sons and daughters are preparing themselves for your presence, send forth the new wine. Father, we've endeavored to win. We've endeavored the earthquake. You sent a fire. And now we hear the still, small voice of yours. We give you glory for what we've gone through. We give you praise for what we're about to walk into. Now lift your voice and give God praise and worship him. Come on, open up your mouth and give him praise. 
Hallelujah. Come on. Lift up your head and give God a voice, a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, prophesy to yourself. Say, I'm in a secret place. Come on, shout, I'm in a secret place. Say, I'm coming up and I'm coming out. And no devil will stop me. often talk about worship but let's practice it can we just bow in his presence can we just barack the bow means to barack can we just bow in the presence of the king we worship you king of kings we worship you, Lord of Lords. 
In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, and one had six wings, with two covered him, and it covered his face, and the other two it covered his feet, and the other two he flew, and one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king, the king of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord say, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. Father, we thank you right now, God, for what you're doing, Father, in this place, Lord. For angels have come on assignment today, God. Father God, you have filled this temple and you have filled this house, Father God, with your glory, God. For Father God, your word says, Father, that they, we, that they saw a cloud by day, God, and the fire by night, God. And so, Father God, we thank you for the fire that has been lit in this place, oh God. It is your holy fire, God, from the throne room of heaven, Lord God. That place, oh God, that you have reserved for us, oh God. And one day we will be there, God. We will be in your heavenly throne. Oh God, with the fire, oh God, of heaven, oh God. And so, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, oh God, as there is an open heaven in this house, God, Father, release your fire among your people, oh God. Release your fire in your people right now, oh God. Release the fire of God right now in your people, oh God. Release your fire in your people, oh God. Your fuego, your fuego, your fuego, your fire, your fire, your fire. We thank you, God. We thank you. God for thank you God lift your hands for he is he is the king of king and the lord of lords father we thank you oh God for you are a holy God lord you are a holy God father and oh how we thank you for what you're doing in this house oh God oh we thank you God oh we thank you God oh we thank you God for you the king of kings and the lord of lords oh God the king of kings and the lord of lords and we worship you God we worship you, God. We worship you, God, with all of everything that we have, oh God. Everything we give up to you today, God. And we leave it here for you, God. We leave it here at the altar for you, oh God. We say, take it, God, for we want more of you. There's got to be more, God. There's got to be more, oh God. Our spirit cries out for more, God. Our spirit cries out, there's got to be more, God. There's got to be more, God. We cry out, God. We are, we are one of those that cry out in the wilderness, God. There's got to be more, God. There's got to be more, Lord. 
there's got to be more, Lord. There's got to be more, Lord. There's got to be more, Lord. There's got to be more right in here, God. Right in here, God. Right in our spirit, God. There's got to be more. You have more for us, God. As you pour out, God. Pour out in us, God. Pour out in us, Lord God. Father, we don't say fill us up anymore. We say fill us more, God. Fill us more, God. Fill us more, God. Fill us more. Fill us more, Father God. Fill us more with your anointing. Fill us more with your holy, your holiness, oh God. Fill us, Lord God, so that we overflow with you, God. Fill us more, God. Fill us more, Father God. Fill us more, God. Fill us more, God. Fill us more, God. Fill us more, God. Oh, yes, God. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. You can keep it playing. What do we do now? <laughs> I love it when I'm lost. <laughs> but I tell you what, I'm lost under the shadow. <laughs> Come on, put your hands together. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Yeah, well, hold on a second. I, I got a problem. Now, most of us, how many How many have a team that uh, sports, any kind of sports? Raise your hand. Don't be, you said we're in church. Even the soccer, football, baseball, then raise your hand. Now, when your team does something great, you'll yell and you'll clap. I'm asking for a clap for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm asking for a shout for the God who created the heavens and the earth. Lift your voice and give him some praise. Come on, send forth a shout of praise. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And while we prepare ourselves to take up the offering, stay in that flow, that same state. But I just wanted to let you know what God is doing in the background. I got a testimony. Amen. I got a testimony. Amen. I got a testimony. And I want you to hear this testimony. This young lady is his sister. And I'm going to let them tell it. Bring my sister uh, to her home because she was feeling bad. She got a bigger headache. We're taking yesterday to the hospital. She didn't feel good. Um, she wants to be in a room in the dark, darkness. Uh, the lie. Uh, she got more headaches. So we got a party yesterday in the home, and the brothers they come to our house and uh, and we start praying. And I asked before he left if we can pray for my sister. Because she was really sad and lost. And I, the only thing we can do was pray and pray. And uh, we pray. I feel. And after that, uh, Sister Terry, Pastor, my wife, Sister Rita, we went back and prayed for her. And we started praying the Lord right there when she started crying and fall and feel hit. And it was out of the pressure. The headaches, they go away. And it's been two months that she was being sick. And it's thank the Lord and you guys helping me pray and that's what I'm learning over here. And I started believing more in God and I can see it, how he works. Yeah, thanks God. Now if that was one of your relatives, why would you respond to praising God? Come on, jump up on your feet and give God praise. For the miracle, the next miracle might have your name on it. 
Come on, lift up your voice and give God praise for the miracle. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Well, praise the Lord. Say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, come on, come on. You've been in the glory, so you've been in the, in the presence of God. Praise the Lord. You ought to be on your feet, young people. Praise the Lord. Come on, stand to your feet and give honor God in this place. Honor his presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And at this time, you can give your offering. Walk up and give your offering. But I just wanted to say that we're glad to be here in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Cheer forgiver. part of worship. It's still worship. It's worshiping our God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, so before you guys leave, I have to share this, okay? So that was just like the introduction of what happened last night, okay? So our sister here and our brother, they, they're from Tulare, okay? So they had a birthday party for their daughter, Maricela. Everybody say happy birthday, Maricela. Happy birthday. So they gave her a birthday party yesterday. There was a lot of people there, okay? So we're there. Pastor Arlene and I go over there. Um, and so we're, um, we're just having a nice time. But you know what? The devil thought that we were just going to have a birthday party. But to his surprise, we ended up having four or five salvations, okay? Four or five salvations. They say hallelujah. Yes, four to five salvations and healings. Four to five healings came forth. She was one of the main ones. She had a headache, a migraine since December the 3rd, right? And she'd been in and out of the hospital. They couldn't find anything wrong with her. They kept saying, what, what's going on? What's going on? And they go, she goes, I don't know. I got this headache. And they couldn't find They did test all that. But what happened was last night, we were she was in a dark room she says don't turn the light on says no we have to turn the light on we're the light we're the light the light is coming in so she says okay she turned the light on and then god just started moving we started casting out stuff that was on her because it was a spiritual attack definitely a spiritual attack she goes to a very very uh, uh really uh, famous church in san in the um in the San Jose or Sacramento, she goes to um, Samuel Rodriguez's church. Okay, so she, she's like, okay, but I go to this church. Okay, all right. So we started praying. We sp prayed the, the spirit of, can I tell them? Can I tell them? Spirit of anxiety, spirit of depression, and unforgiveness. 
in that order. When that was prayed and cast out of her, boom, she hit the floor. When she got up, she was healed, instantly healed. No more headaches. No more headaches. Okay, so then there was another uh, lady that had some um, improvement.